Welcome, welcome, everybody. Good to see you all. And welcome to another one of my podcast show. And I'm so excited to see you all joining us. Guess what? We do have another guest joining us all the way from the United States of America. And I'm so glad to see myself back again. And uh, as you know, I'm calling from United Kingdom and it is snowing over here. So we got the weather turned against us, against our favor. So one moment in time, have your cup of tea ready. I've got it with me to keep myself warm. And uh, our wonderful guest, uh, Maggie, who is gonna be with us to also share with her a great story, an adventure of traveling all over the world. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for coming along. And we are going to go straight in to this wonderful interview and I'm sure you've all got questions. We will be taking questions at the very end. So please do get yourself ready for any questions that you may have that you may want to put forward to our guests. So as usual, I'll go straight in to explain a little bit more in details. And if you'd like to be a guest and be on our show, please be more than welcome to have you. And the power of podcasting, you're allowed to get your service, your product or your hobby to the world. And it's so fantastic that we've got technology that allows us to reach anywhere of the world. And if you are wanting to be a guest on my show, you can simply email me at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. That info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. So for that reason, I'm going to go straight in now and uh, want to say thank you to all of you for coming along. But before we bring in our guest, I'm going to ask you, if you could put in the chat, where are you actually calling from? Where are you resident at this moment? Let's have a look at some of the people in the room. I can see some of you are here with me. Just put in the chat where you're coming from. Oh, Canada. Oh, that's even colder up there. North Carolina, USA. Anybody else? Where are you coming from? Of course, I'm from United Kingdom as well. And uh, it's same... Same relation to Canada. Hi, Vancouver, uh, Canada. I believe it's pretty cold up there at the moment. <laughs> but nevertheless, the weather doesn't stop us. And we have someone from Sheffield. Oh, great. Thank you for coming along. And Rick, well, the weather can't stop us. We have to continue to doing what we have. And that's what we're going to be doing today on this show. And at this moment in time, I'm going to ask our wonderful guest to unmute herself and welcome herself into the group. So... Welcome, Maggie. Welcome to the group. Trevor, thank you to be. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today, and excited to see some of our guests on as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Before you start, have you got your coffee with you? I don't know if it's sunshine or uh, cold over there. You know, it's not too bad. We haven't seen snow. I'm here in Indiana, in the United States, and no snow yet, but it is pretty cold. So I definitely have my coffee, Trevor. Okay, fantastic. Well, the weather seems to be turning its way around the world and everybody getting cold and sunshine and rain. But hey, I'm sure you're going to bring some sunshine in this room for us, Maggie. Oh, I certainly <laughs> hope so. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. So for the sake of our listeners, if you would like to introduce yourself, say who you are and where you're resident, just give us a brief idea of who you are for the sake of our listeners. Uh, you have to, how do Maggie, you have to unmute yourself, that's fine. Oh, for me. Okay, so thank you, Trevor. Uh, my name is Maggie O'Connell and as I stated, I come from the United States. 
quite a diverse uh, background of uh, mostly travel for pleasure, but also some travel for school and some travel for volunteer purposes. Um, I live here in Indiana with my husband and my stepson. I am a certified teacher by trade, but currently working in the green environment. So helping organizations become more environmentally green and excited to be here today to talk more about some travels and why it's never too late to travel. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, traveling is one of the biggest um, desires for most people wanting to travel the country and learn. So for you, Maggie, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Were you always in your family? Were they always traveling all over the world? Or was it something you picked up yourself and decided, look, mom, dad, I'm going to go on an adventure? Or was your whole family on the adventure too? Great question, Trevor. Um, I came from a family with not a lot of money or resources. However, my family was wonderful in taking the limited resources that we did have and travel locally. Uh, so we did a lot of day trips, a lot of camping, um, things that you could do with three kids on a limited budget. And that certainly opened up my eyes for adventure. Just those experiences, those memories with my sisters and my parents, um, certainly sparked the love of travel. And then as time went on, I was given opportunities uh, first in school, uh, saving my money and given opportunity um, to travel abroad through some school opportunities. Um, and then certainly later on with college and then um, from there, different life opportunities. Okay, so obviously I can see the bubbling activity there for traveling. You just save your money and say, hey, I'm going on a journey. So and you decide to take that upon yourself because you had a dream, is that right? I certainly did. I certainly did have a dream. And uh, something to, to note, Trevor, that I you pointed out is that I did save my money. Uh, something I want to point to every listener here today is that we often um, stop ourselves from traveling because we think we can't afford it. Um, and as I stated earlier, travel doesn't have to be international or big. It can be in your own community or as large as worldwide travel. And that's what I did and how I was able to come to so many experiences. Okay, so I think one of the biggest things I do find is a female to go anywhere on her own is a big bravery. Some women will say, you know what, I need to go with another friend. I don't want to go on my own. Did you experience any kind of left behind that you need to go with somebody or you with somebody say, hey, I'm ready to go on that plane and go? That's a great question. And I would say now I'm a person that says, get me on the plane and let's go. Uh, but when I first started, I, I needed someone to go with me. I felt that that maybe gave me the courage or the drive. Um, but beyond that, it is exciting to share those experiences with someone. And as you maybe alluded to, Trevor, as a woman, it can be challenging no, ever, no matter where you are in the world and how you travel. Um, but it's just about being smart and making mm -hmm. smart choices um, has enabled me to have some travel experiences on my own um, and enjoyed my experiences and was safe in the process. Well, we'll have to do this. Salute you. Thank you. Uh, because uh, if, I'm sure many women in this room are probably looking at this scenario thinking, if Maggie can do it, I can do it. So it's empowering people to get out of their comfort zone and explore the world, which you have done, Maggie. We're going to go more into details with that. So Maggie, I'm just thinking traveling. I'm just thinking you now, you put a world map on your wall, you got a dart and you threw the dart and it landed on wherever it went. 
Is that how it happened? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? And I certainly wish uh, I had the budget or the the resources to do that. And maybe I do today, but I didn't. Um, I just took opportunities as they came along. Uh, so for an example, as I stated, um, back in school, I was given an opportunity to go to, front, uh, to France through a French class. So, so, so many of those opportunities were brought upon me. And then of course I've had other opportunities where yes, I did choose. All right, okay. So let's go a little bit more into motivation to traveling. Um, tell us where did you first go? Where was your first country, first time traveling? I would say the, the um, country I just mentioned, England and France was the first country that I traveled to. Um, and that was way back when I was in the eighth grade. So about, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years old. Okay, so going on that adventure, what was a turning point for you, for you to continue traveling on that first experience? Certainly in that first experience, it just being positive, opening my eyes to um, what is different out in the world, um, the people, the food, things to see, um, and how it's maybe not as scary as I thought it was before I went. Um, getting past that first big airplane trip or the first time without my parents and taking that step and realizing I can do it certainly put that vote of confidence for me. Right, okay. So I'm gonna ask everybody in the room, how many of you in this room, if you had the opportunity right now that let's say somebody came and gave you $5,000 or 5,000 pounds, where, which country would you head to as your first destination? Let's have a look at some of the people in the group. Where would you go if somebody came and gave you $5,000 or 5,000 pounds? Where would you hit first as your country? Let's have a look at some people in the chat here now. Where would you go first? Trevor, maybe while they're giving us their answers, you can give us yours. Where would you go? Oh, that's a good one. Um, definitely Africa. Uh, my first destination, and uh, also to the Caribbean, South America. Uh, not so much Europe, because I've seen a quite a lot of it. I'm in Europe already. I like to see something new and different. So, yes, that would be my experience. Uh, we've got a couple of people here flying outside. We've got Hawaii, and then Australia. Maladive, okay. Africa for me, okay. S Japan, that's interesting, okay. So Maggie, it looked like you've uh, you set the trampoline battle last tonight. Uh, everybody's buzzing to go on that activity. We've got Virgin Island. Okay, excellent. So travel. So Maggie, I believe you're traveling for the first time. It didn't stop there. You started to see greater opportunities and crave for more of exploring the world. Take us a little bit on your journey on the opportunities that came your way. Oh, thank you, Trevor. And you're really going to make me dig here. And I'm sure I'll miss um, some pieces. I see my sister on who reminded me that we took a trip together to the U.S. Virgin Islands. I took a family trip uh, later on in my uh, teens to Ireland and Scotland. And then from there, I would say my um, biggest experience was joining the U.S. Peace Corps which for those of you who are not in the United States, this is a, a two and a half year volunteer experience in a second or third world country. Um, and so that was my biggest trip, Trevor, is I was in Africa. I saw some people wanted to do Africa and a country called the Gambia. And then while I was in that country, I took some vacations as well, um, heading over to Italy and Morocco and Senegal, Zambia and South Africa. From there, um, have done some pleasure traveling 
to Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, and then hopefully next year to Greece. Oh, so you're going to beat the Guinness Book of Record here now, is that right? <laughs> you know, Trevor, I, I recently met this incredible woman who has traveled and lived in, I believe she said 94 countries, and she's oh. trying to get 100. And so that is my um, my bucket list is to, to get right up there with her on that amount of countries. Whoa. Now, I'm going to take this a little further. Traveling. How many people tend to realize the significance of traveling? Why to travel? I'm in the United States. It's big enough. I can go down to the store and come back. That's enough for me. I don't need to travel out of the United States or I don't need to travel out of my country. From your experience on these great places that you've been to, why is it important and what's significant about traveling? Such a great point, Trevor, is that we do meet many people that are certainly content in their own hometown and more power to them. But for me personally, um, travel is just a different world out there. Um, you know, thinking about cultures, different cultures beyond maybe even just your hometown. Sometimes we go from one part of our own country to another and a culture is different. Um, food. I love, love to eat, Trevor. Love to try new foods. Uh, that's a big piece for me. History, museums, um, gardens, art, all things to enjoy. Um, maybe you are into religion or want to learn about other religions. We can experience those and learn about those. Um, and of course, the people. I mean, that in the end to me, Trevor, is, is what it's all about. If I think about the people that have crossed my paths on my journey um, and the experiences I've learned from them, I just, you just can't take that away. And it certainly has changed me uh, for the better. Okay. Uh, obviously, traveling is a lot of challenges as well. Um, challenges your character, your belief, your attitude, your lifestyle. So am I correct to say traveling has allowed you to look at things perspective differently from sitting in a classroom and learning from a book? Is that right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So what would you say is a big difference from somebody in a school class learning about, pick up a graphical book about Italy, and next minute you're going to Italy, what would you say is different is? Certainly. And we can see pictures and learn about the history and see art about Italy, for an example. Um, but when you go to Italy, you, you meet the people, you taste that gelato, you know, you, you um, experience the views of the mountainside or the ocean, um, talk with different people, listen to the music and view the art. Um, and though we can see those things in books, those hands-on experiences certainly give us a better understanding um, and a reality of that. I mean, certainly we say to our um, kids, you know, those of us who might have kids or around kids, you know, make sure you eat all that food on your plate because there are kids dying, kids in Africa or whatever. Well, mm. that doesn't really, we hear it, but we don't really understand that. And when we travel, mm. we understand better. Right, right. And this is changing the narrative. Uh, experience of traveling when you come back and I'm sure you've experienced that myself I travel I come back I'm like oh it's not what I'm seeing or hearing I've just come from there it's not like that so that's a big challenge changing the narrative of people in the country where you're originally from do you ever find your friend challenge you about the countries that you've gone to and say well it's not like that and you're saying yes it is have you ever come across those challenges or even now 
Interesting question, Trevor. And I think I would flip that on its head and say where I really experienced that was my time over in the Gambia in West Africa. As um, so many people over there have limited resources and limited abilities to travel. And so those of those with the limited resources would see the United States um, on TV in music videos and have a perception of what America is. Almost this perception that we take money right from a tree. Um, and mm. so that's where I experienced that cultural exchange of trying to educate them about what America is more so than to Americans on what other cultures are. Right, right. So obviously your experience, I can see your, your uh, I can see your traveling gonna grow. Uh, I can see it gonna go further ashore because you've still got that travel book. So I can see you're ready to take yourself ready. I can see your passport ready, I'm your ready. map is ready. Definitely. Everything's ready in, the, in your bag, ready and packed. That's so, right. What would you say would be the biggest learning curve for you experiencing of traveling? Now you're here, mm -hmm. what would you say you've carried with you that changed you as a person, Maggie? Um, don't be afraid, Trevor. Don't be afraid. Don't come up with an excuse that it's COVID, that I don't have enough money. I have the kids. I don't have the time. Um, do it. Get past that barrier of those excuses because just taking that initial step is huge. Um, coming up with those resources, maybe eating out you know, less and putting that money away to save it for a trip. Um, just do it and take those opportunities. Right, right. I think that's an important point because people go to countries they don't know. How did you prepare yourself before you went to the countries? Did you study? Did you read? Did you go online? Because most people don't tend to do their research and they get there to have what I call culture shock. <laughs> high, high expectations. This is how it's supposed to be. And they go there and they find out, oh, it's not like that. Tell us a bit about your preparation for each country you go to. How do you prepare for the sake of our listeners? And I'd have to say, Trevor, I certainly have been guilty uh, <laughs> just going there and finding out, but I am a planner and I do love to have things planned um, so they can use my time appropriately. But as you said, to be culturally ready. Um, so certainly the internet is a wealth of information, friends and family, different networks that you can get on social media and just simply ask people. Um, my Peace Corps community are big on traveling so I can reach to them. Um, so just having those conversations and yes, educating yourself so that when you go there, you maybe um, are eating with your hands when you shouldn't be or mm. not dressing appropriately. Um, those are those are very important pieces to me. I wanna make sure that I am being culturally appropriate. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously um, people on this call might be thinking, you know what? I don't think I can take this leap to go that far because I'm afraid, I don't know what to expect. I've got children to take with me, there's too much to go. And then obviously the cultural side of it is quite a shock because you've never been to a country before, you're gonna be having high expectations. So what I want to ask you, Maggie, is how can you encourage people who are probably having that mindset? I wanna to go to Europe, I wanna to go to Africa, I wanna to go to South America, but, how do you remove those narratives away from people to understand the great journeys ahead of them? And I'm talking particularly families now. Sure. Uh, this is a quite a big responsibility. Five-year-olds, six-year-olds, 10-year-olds. Then they've got to pay out a large amount of 
money for the children and keep them occupied. Would you be able to give any advice for families if you come across those experiences? Great question. And thinking about the top of this call and with my family, Trevor, you know, we maybe weren't able to travel internationally like we liked, but my family packed us up in the car and took us for day trips um, or saved our money. And maybe for Christmas, instead of getting a big holiday gifts for Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever, you know, religion you celebrate, instead go on a vacation with your family. Um, but certainly, as you mentioned, it can be very, very challenging with kids. Um, so with my family, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of support. Um, so what we do is we do a family trip a year and an adult trip a year. So a family trip is very much geared towards my stepson and what he enjoys. Um, and then for, and then he stays with family and my husband and I do a trip together, a larger trip. We're fortunate in that we have those resources. If we didn't have those resources, we would just pack our stepson up with us and do it. Um, it may not be as big of a trip right now, Trevor, maybe, uh, families need to put off some of those larger, more expensive trips until later on when the kids are grown and it's a little bit easier. Um, just do what you can do. If you have to start small, start small, but just have those experiences. That's what's most important is getting away from the house, getting away from the screens and having those experiences that you're building with your family to reflect on later. Right. Okay. I mean, on your journey, you probably might sat next to a couple of people with families, single pensioners are even getting on the plane now and flying. And I would salute them. Actually, the younger generation should be the ones with energy to start traveling, but it seems like the old age pensioners are getting on the plane. Tell us a little bit more about the people you're interacting coming from the United States, going overseas. Have you ever had a conversation with them to find out where they're going, what they're doing and why they're traveling and how can that help us as listening to this tonight? Certainly travel. Trevor, I have what many people call a woo personality. So I will talk to anyone. <laughs> and I actually have a dear friend who I met on an airport because I thought I was going to miss my flight because I had to do, I don't remember if I had to get my luggage, I believe. And I looked at her, a perfect stranger and told her to go tell the pilot to hold the plane. And she thought I was crazy. And today we're good friends. Um, and so certainly talking with people along the way and learning their story. I met a young gentleman um, when I was in Spain who was traveling the world. He was in his 20s, saved his money, sold his house, took all of his savings and was traveling the world. I've met other people who are scrimping and saving their pennies. Uh, I met a family recently in Puerto Rico who hadn't been on vacation in 20 years and they have a young daughter and they saved and scrimped and saved and went on this family trip together. So it's humbling when you learn and you talk with these people and hear about their experiences um, on how they got to where they were going. And, um, and also beyond that, maybe some things that they're seeing, where they're traveling to, where they're going, um, and you might take some ideas from that as well. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing our wonderful guest Maggie talking about don't be afraid to travel. And guess what? She's not stopped. She's going to continue. And you never know, you may be joining her side by side to go all over the world to explore the things that we have not seen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hold sit tight because we're going to have another commercial break and we'll be straight back and we will continue with our wonderful guest, Maggie, looking at traveling across the world. Thank you. How do your moods react when your plans fall through? Or does anxiety keep you from enjoying life? 
To a great extent, our personality determines how we deal with stress in our lives. Creativity is an important part of life. When we take time to be creative, make things, and explore new outlets of creation, we're not only enjoying ourselves we're also teaching our minds to be more flexible and ready to problem-solve. Our creativity is locked within us and simply requires us to let it out. We do not have to be the best at something, what we create does not even need to be good. The important thing is to enjoy the experience and process. If you are not too sure where to start to become more creative to blocking out stress and anxiety. Sign up now for your free 30 minutes breakthrough session with Trevor Jeremiah Carter. Yes, we're back, we're back. And here we are with Maggie. And just to let you know, if you want a 30-minute break, breakthrough session, to get your mind creative, traveling is one. And to get your excitement. And this is something I want to ask Maggie. Now, Maggie, traveling is not just about traveling, but it's good for your health as well. Good for Absolutely. reducing anxiety and stress. Give us some experience of when you start to travel. How health-wise, did it help you? Such a great point and so important right now, Trevor, is the entire world is dealing with COVID and that has certainly put on so much stress on every single one of us in different forms. Uh, some people out there are fantastic in managing their stress. However, I'm not as great, Trevor. And so certainly um, traveling gives me that excuse because then I'm, I have that reason to put the computer away, to put the work away, the housekeeping, the bills, all of it, and just focus on the experience um, ahead of me. So for me personally, it puts me in that nice mindset. Plus in traveling, you can choose how you travel. If you want to travel um, to a location that has a wonderful beach and lay on the beach and swim all day, you get to do that. Um, or you may be someone who's a hustler and bustler and likes to see everything and do, you know, lots of sightseeing and whatnot, or a combination. So that's one of the great things that I enjoy. If I have a day, I'm feeling like I just need to recoup and rest. I can do that and not feel guilty about it. Right. Okay. So obviously leaving US is a fast paced life and everything's on the go, on the go, on the go. And, and sometimes you have that habit going to a country where it's slower. People look at you thinking, why are you running so fast? Calm down, stay down, stay down. Did you find yourself experiencing that with that American custom of go, 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 going to a country where everything's a bit more slow and laid back? Did it take a while for you to get used to that? Oh, I love this question, Trevor. As you hit the nail on the head, uh, anyone <laughs> who's listening that knows me knows my personality is I am that stereotypical American that is going, going, going. Um, yeah. I would say my, though the experience that stands out is when I was in the Gambia um, and life there is much, much different and much slower. Um, yeah. The We would laugh about, we being my Peace Corps counterparts would laugh about when you go to a meeting, always bring a book because it may start two, three hours later. Um, <laughs> things are just, people there are, take care of their mental health. Things are as fast paced and in a hurry. And it certainly took a lot of time for me to, to recognize that I would say Trevor, a good year um, to mm. relax <laughs> and say, it's okay that things are moving slower and it's fun to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon because the sun is so hot, but it took me time to get there. 
Absolutely. So saying that on another scenario, coming back now, did you slow down or did you get, get back into the fast <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have to put myself in check, Trevor, and remember to slow down. <laughs> All right, right. Well, this makes me think now to ask you a question, and I'm sure some of those are from Canada, from USA. This can relate to you. Would you prefer the fast life or the slow life? That's mm. my question. Which would you prefer, Megan? Great question. And there's just pros and cons to both. Uh, certainly my personality makes it that that to-go busy lifestyle is something I thrive on. However, there are definitely times um, that when I reflect on my experiences of the slower pace, that that brings a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of health benefits that are really important. And I need to recognize that and remember it. Right. Okay. So everybody in the chat room, we'll actually have everybody think. Those you in the big countries, second biggest country in Canada, then you have America, then you have Europe, which is a little bit fast if you live in the capital. Would you prefer the fast life or the slow life? Let's have a look. F for fast and F for slow. Just put it in the chat so we know exactly what kind of place and life would you like. Let's have a look. Would you prefer the fast life or the slow life? Okay, we got somebody put the fast life. Okay, that's somebody F, slow life. Okay, slow life. Okay, I would prefer the balanced life. I love some of the fast pacing, but when you take time. Okay, thank you very much, Helen. So we do have a number of different environments here. People prefer fast and life, depending where you're living and what you're doing. But me personally, I prefer the slow life. Um, the easy life where I can just live among nature live among nature as close as I can. And for me, I found myself. When I'm in, a, in an environment like UK and it's fast and everything going, I go in a slow pace, it's like, oh, I have a flashback. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been doing that for 27 weeks. I've been all over the place. And the mentality starts to change and you realize you find yourself. Now for you, Maggie, did you have any struggle or did you find more clarity about yourself based on your life and what was going on? In terms of in terms of travel and taking moving slower, yes, I would say through all of my travel experiences, especially the the experience of taking things slower, it does give you an opportunity to reflect on life and reflect on what's most important. Um, and certainly, as you mentioned, America is often seen as a country of money and a, lots of monetary things where when you travel, sometimes that gets set aside and it's more about the culture and the people and recognizing that I could have that happiness without buying something from Amazon, but rather sitting down with a friend and having some, you know, local food or a conversation, uh, is really, really life-changing. And I definitely reflect on that often and think to myself, do I really need this thing? Or am I doing, you know, am I taking time for myself? Am I making sure that I'm doing the right thing? Says life is really, really short. Uh, and if I look back, I want it to be full of those opportunities, those experiences versus just go, go, go work. Right. Wow. You know what? I think I'm, I feel like I'm on an airplane right now talking to you. I feel like I'm flying somewhere because when it comes to traveling, it's unstoppable. There's so much incredible thing we can learn rather than sitting in a four corner walls in a classroom. You'd be amazed how life gives you so much value. So I really appreciate you giving your insight and your input for the benefit of the people in the room. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm very familiar to you. I love food. And I'm so glad I've eaten before I came on here because you talk about food, 
I'd have to close down this podcast and go and get myself something to eat because I get hungry very easily. But let's talk about food. Now, I do know I've been in the United States and I have to say too big for me, too heavy. Yes. And it really would destroy my digestion, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could manage that. And I did go to find a good uh, vegan or something in, I think it was in Philadelphia, somewhere like that. Somebody yeah. had a local store and it was vegan. I was like, oh my goodness, smaller meals, that's fine. You know, smaller <laughs> drinks to digest. Food, travel so many places. Could you tell us your favorite food? What would, oh, where would that be? Goodness. Oh my goodness, that is an incredibly <laughs> hard question, Trevor. Uh, as I was reflecting on this podcast and some of my food experiences, one of the things that I did when I was in Italy was make sure that I ate gelato every single day. And I know that sounds very American because you're talking about, you know, overconsumption, um, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, certainly, you know, having ta tagine, I know I'm saying that wrong in Morocco, um, the pasta in Italy, um, I'm thinking on other places when I was in Costa Rica, oh, some of the, the um, tamales and different things were wonderful. Um, but certainly probably would have to say the African, West African cuisine, just because I spent so much time there that it almost feels like home and familiar with some of those rice dishes. Right, right. So Mediterranean food kind of fueled you quite well. Uh, oh, absolutely. Spanish and Italian and Portuguese kind of food, light with olive oil and vegetables and stuff and fish. But did you find it was too light for you? Because you eat heavier than that. <laughs> and I can see why you eat, eat, eat to fill up to make one meal, right? You know, and that's interesting. And certainly um, all of us in America have our own different food journeys. For myself, um, my family and I are really, we love food. We love to eat and bake and cook. Um, but we're also very aware of healthy choices, Trevor. So I certainly... Um, in my family, choose those healthier options, smaller portions. It's okay to have a gelato once in a while. And when you travel, travel maybe you indulge a little bit more. Um, but certainly my lifestyle is about the balance, activity, um, and you know, making you feel good. Because I tell you what, after this, this we just had a holiday weekend here um, in the United States, and it was all about food, Trevor, and I was hurting today. So <laughs> it's a point. <laughs> Oh, I can imagine you had your doctor details in your pocket just in case things went off. You call your doctor and say, excuse me, I think I'm going to have to go back to your American <laughs> diet because it's hurting me here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Unfortunately, some of America is about bigger portions and that can be tricky. Oh, right. I can imagine so. Uh, so did that challenge you to change your diet when you came back? Um, good question. I have pretty much throughout my life. Um, been, been someone that enjoys food, but also enjoys good food, good quality fruits and veg, things like that. Um, so just like anybody else, certainly I will cheat and eat too much cake and whatnot, but throughout my life, I, I try to stay pretty steady. All right. So hand up to scout on there. You're not going to be eating anything healthy from tonight. That right? From to, for tonight. Okay. Just tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know what's going to happen when the camera goes off. You might be in that bath in the kitchen thinking, ah, the cake is in front of me. Hello, cake. You know, you know we all have to have a treat once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, now I think it's interesting to talk about this because, again, culture, culture experience comes in here, um, food-wise, um, the languages, and the way of life. And you covered a lot on that. So let me move on a little bit more because we're going to be letting people know in the group, in the room. We will be asking questions very soon. So please do have your questions ready. You can either put them in the chat or you can unmute yourself and put them forward to our guests. We'd love to hear your story as well, everyone in this room. You're here for a reason, and I'm sure you've got the travel book that you'd like to experience and share with us. So let's talk about the activities. What kind of thing did you find that was more appealing to you when you travel to these countries? Now, I know you've done a lot of charity work and you continue to do charity work. But tell us the country's experience. What gave you that motivation as to continue to, to do things that you could share with others? For example, people go to West Africa. Um, there are certain things that you can do there you can't do in the United States, but it's fun. People get together, they play, they do things differently, but everybody has fun. What would you say to those activities for anybody in the room going to the countries that you've been, would they have to get involved in in order to learn more? I would say if you do your research ahead of time, see what that country and that culture offer. You know, what is important to that culture? Um, maybe it's football, maybe it's some sort of water sport or art activity. You can find anything that you enjoy um, that you want to try. Or you can do what I call a little bit of a stereotype, Trevor. So for an example, when I was in Morocco, I had to ride the camel in the desert. You know, I know that's a little bit touristy, but I had to do it. Uh, you know, so riding the camel in the desert for a couple of days and pretending like I'm, you know, Moroccan was something that was fun and what I wanted to do. You know, when I was in Senegal, going on a safari and seeing all the animals, you know, sometimes we know it's going to be touristy, but if it brings you joy, then, then do it and experience it. Um, right. You know, certainly I, when I was in West Africa, uh, you call in the UK, you call it football here in America. We call it soccer was huge yeah. out there. Um, it's yeah. something for, I never played, but I engaged in it because it was something that the culture did and that we enjoyed. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask everybody in the group before we open the floor for questions. If you've been to any of the countries overseas, what activities would you get involved in that really gave you the energy, the motivation, and share that with all your friends? Let's have a look at some of you in this room. What activity would you recommend and which country to participate in? Well, we mentioned football over here in the United Kingdom, soccer in the United States, or whatever it may be in Canada. So please do put that in the chat and let's have a look. So Maggie, why people are putting that together? Um, traveling, there's so much you can learn and there's so much you can look at as a future plan. Mm -hmm. What country would you say, or you haven't been to yet, you could put your finger and say, you know what, if I had the opportunity now, I'd live there. Where would that be? I would live there? Yes. Oh, boy. I've got uh, my drink. I've got my drink just in case you, you might blank out. <laughs> <in the future. laughs> I, I, that's a very fair question. Um, and there's so many countries that I have not been to. Um, I would say as long as it's warm, Trevor, uh, <laughs> I'm not a cold weather person, uh, it potentially could be Greece. And that's certainly why that's on my bucket list for next year and my next destination. But as long as it's warm. Wow, definitely. Now it's interesting because we have somebody from Canada. And I know snow up certain parts of Canada. When you talk about snow, I mean snow. 
in Canada. Yes. So, but then there's an activity, skiing. Mm, it's amazing how people get involved in skiing. But personally for me, I can't take the cold, but it's a good activity. So there are things, for example, you have seen in other countries. What would you say that people in the United States could learn? What activity would you say, hobby or, 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 or something that they can do that motivate them to go to that country? What do you say that what could be? I would think certainly there are just, as you said, incredible amounts of sports out there. Um, you could learn about the culture, religion. Um, but I would say the thing, Trevor, that most sticks out to me um, is what you said earlier and slowing down. But also something we haven't mentioned before is caring more for our neighbors. I don't necessarily know how that might be where you are, Trevor, in the UK. But for what I've experienced is with my travels is the amount of acceptance, um, kindness that people share when I've traveled, mm -hmm. understanding that maybe my language isn't up to par and I'm stumbling, or I don't you know, understand how to eat correctly, um, mm -hmm. or maybe I dressed a little off because I didn't know. People are very forgiving and welcoming um, mm -hmm. and that sense of community that we have lost here, at least where I live today, it feels as though people run in their house and shut the door. It, it, we we lost that sense of community um, and caring for one another as much. Uh, I certainly miss that. And something that I love when I travel is being able to, you know, experience people who um, maybe just offer me a cup of tea or a conversation yeah. that we don't often engage in as well here. Right. Well, obviously, around the world, especially in the West, things are changing. Um, the, the things that we're used to, it's, no, it's fading out. But traveling is still strong in certain countries. The community, the eat together. If you're a stranger, they invite you in the house. I mean, yes. one of them mentioned the jollof rice. Oh, my goodness. Oh, jollof jollof rice, rice is number one for me. So uh -huh. whoever put that in there, I'm going to the house. <laughs> jollof rice, anytime. I'll eat that anytime. Um, so these are experiences that gives me the passion to travel. Languages, culture, the, the sports activities that they're going in. And it gives me the energy to say, you know what? If I could go to a bank and say to the bank, give me half a million, I'd, I'd know what to do with it. It will be traveling. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right? So if you were to turn the clock back, Maggie, what, what would it, you would say you would change to do what you really want to do? And I think about this often, uh, Trevor, in my journey right now and my travels, I think I would travel more. I know that sounds cliche, but there were points in my life when I was in college that maybe I didn't take those opportunities to live abroad um, you know, for a semester or a year because I was scared or I had the excuse that I didn't have the money or something was going on. Um, I wish I had even taken more opportunities, especially when I was younger, um, to do that. But even now, I'm looking forward to thinking about that and how I should have and making that a reality moving forward um, and taking every opportunity I can to travel and experience. Well, that's the reason why we got you on this show, Maggie, because those experiences are really true what the talk experiences that people can learn and take on board. So what we're going to do, we're going to give everyone in the room an opportunity. If you have a question or you'd like to share your personal experience going to Pacific country, what did you learn? 
what could you share to everybody in this group and share along with Maggie? So to everyone in the room, what you could do, you can simply raise your hand so I can ask you to unmute yourself and put your questions forward. So please do be willing to come forward and share your question with Maggie or even share your experiences. So I'll be looking out for you for wave your hands and to put it in the chat if you want to, and we will go through with some of your questions. So while we're waiting for people to get themselves prepared, uh, whatever they're doing, Maggie, um, what is your long-term plan? I know you've mentioned a few things about traveling now. You want to do greater things and you want to beat that lady who's been to 90-something countries. So we're getting close to that, right. Day, are we? That's right. <laughs> yes, to continue to um, have opportunities to travel um, through work. I'm currently... Um, you know, looking for a career change to get back in that in that world and that community of giving back. So hopefully those the job will give me opportunities to travel, but just to never say no when it comes to an opportunity to explore and travel. Um, and then certainly when my stepson is old enough and out of the house, my husband and I plan on, um, you know, taking some work internationally where we can work internationally and travel as much as we can. In addition, um, I don't know if you've seen this out where you are, Trevor, but the tiny house movement is going right. around. So these little houses that you can drive, um, that's my um, next five-year goal is to get one of these tiny houses and be able to do more traveling just where I live, within the United States, within Canada, um, and seeing those things in my back door. Right. Okay. So obviously you have family, right? I do. Okay. Is your family on the same journey as you and passionate about traveling? Or because we do tend to have families saying, oh, I'm interested in traveling, but whose wife is not interested. They get held back to travel because they have sure. responsibility. Sure. Is your family up in hand with hand in hand with you, the idea of the next global traveling? You know, I'm very thankful that they are. Uh, my husband was fortunate enough as a child to do a lot of traveling. Um, so he is absolutely open to it. My stepson loves to travel. He's very adaptable, loves to learn about cultures. Um, so I feel fortunate that we often just pick up our bags and do a little road trip or and are always seem to be planning something. Uh, we laugh that my husband knows that, you know, um, in the next few years when we, when I were ready that, uh, you know, he doesn't have a choice that we will be moving and traveling, <laughs> but I'm fortunate that we all have those similar goals. All right. Wow. Um, I think what, when people say dreams, there's no limit to the dreams. Absolutely. Uh, you have to have dreams and goals. I, I, absolutely. And uh, again, I have to salute you because it's a sacrifice you've made to come this far. And it's not an easy sacrifice because there are other things attached to that sacrifice, responsibility. But as you said, people in this uh, room may be listening, thinking, well, I haven't got the time, I haven't got the money, but you made it very clear. Don't make excuses, just do it. And that's exactly what Maggie did. So we're looking for anybody in the room. Do you have any questions you want to ask Maggie? Or sure, some of you did put some in the, in the uh, chat regarding Canada, US, you've traveled to Turkey and Japan. So please do uh, come forward and share your experiences, uh, unmute yourself and share or ask Maggie any questions you may have. So Maggie, with so much, I would say nut, nutmeg, we've got so much nutmeg in here, right? Um, I'm just thinking, do you ever give any consultation to people who may be wanting to learn to travel and where to go? Is that something on your pipeline or are you, are you doing later on? 
You know, for career work-wise, Trevor, I haven't done that, but certainly I love to talk with people about traveling. Um, so certainly people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. We could put my contact info in the podcast here. Um, I laugh that if you get me started talking about my travel, especially my Peace Corps service, you're in trouble because I won't stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, you know, talking with people who have a passion for travel, you feel as though they're now in your tribe you have something in common, that passion in common, and it's great to share those experiences. Wow. And that leads me to ask you another question. Are we going to be seeing a book soon? Oh, wouldn't that be a great idea? Maybe a, maybe a children's book, Trevor. That educator may come out on me. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've got work to do, and we can do it together. No <laughs> That's problem. right. We that, can that, do it. <laughs> okay, we've got a question. We've got, uh, who we've got? Helen. Go ahead, Helen, unmute yourself and put forward your question. Hi, Maggie. Uh, it's been great listening to you. I'm just wondering what advice would you give someone who is interested in doing some volunteer work, but probably not like a commitment of two and a half years, uh, <laughs> where to start? Because especially when it comes to traveling abroad. Thank you, Helen. Great to have you on. And thank you for that question. Uh, so important because you're right. That Peace Corps experience was two and a half years, and that did take a lot of sacrifice, time, energy, and not everybody has that want, that will, desire, and that's okay. Um, so, But certainly there are plenty of opportunities. You could look into your local nonprofits. You can look into a religious organization. Um, school groups, you know, um, middle school and high schools often travel and need chaperones. Um, places like the Red Cross, disaster relief, you know, maybe just locally um, could go and just help. Um, and then, and I imagine that there are also plenty of opportunities on social media to try and find travel groups, um, asking around. I think there is no shortage of opportunities, especially in the field you're looking for, you know, keep that in mind that you may be having an interest in art. So look towards that art community and see where you could, you know, find some opportunities to help. Uh, maybe as you said, Trevor, into sports, uh, medicine is huge, you know, certainly look for your passion and then start looking and talking to people to see where you can help. Mm. It'd be interesting, Helen, are you do you have a country in mind that you're particularly looking at or just general? It'd be interesting to hear that. Um, yeah, so for many years, I actually thought about doing some service work in South America. So I was looking at Brazil, partially because I have relatives that have done that for many years. Um, but I wasn't interested in going for like two years. I was thinking more of starting something small, like starting at a maybe three months, six months type of uh, project and going with that first. Whoa, okay. So I believe you uh, you speak Spanish fluently then, Helen. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, Maggie, that's an interesting thing because going to a country, people only go to a country that speak the same language. Mm um English to English country but when you want to go to a country you're like oh I've got to speak Spanish Portuguese I've got to speak so many different languages how do how long does the process like that take for somebody like Helen going into a country Spanish how do they prepare themselves language-wise 
Great question. And certainly a fear of mind dropper as uh, I am a visual learner. So language is certainly hard for me, um, but you certainly can take some steps. You know, maybe Helen gets into a program um, that would offer her opportunities of having an interpreter or um, giving her time before she goes to start some different programs or some trainings on language. I would say the biggest tidbit I could say is just learn your greetings and your basics. Um, mm. People are forgiving. If you can at least greet someone and learn, you know, say a few words, they're going to be patient with you. There's nothing wrong with some hand gestures um, to get you through on what mm. you're trying to do. And if all else fails, we have language books. We have our iPhones, our cell phones, right? That can translate. Um, so I think as long as you put your best foot forward and just try, people would be patient with you. Right, right. Now, language, something can get my tongue a bit twisted. I find I'm like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, I don't think it's going to work with me, but it's a practice. Um, which language would you say kind of work more with you, Maggie? Well, sadly, Trevor, language is not my forte. <laughs> I would love, I envy all everyone out there that can speak two, three, four, five languages. I just envy you. Uh, certainly, if I were to choose one, it would probably be something along the lines of Spanish or French that is quite broadly spoken. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, but any language, if I could learn it quickly and easily, I would. I would do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Helen. That was a very good question. And uh, we've got, what, four more minutes left? Anybody in the room? Similar to what you may ask, like Helen's asked, if you've got anything you want to put forward to Maggie, or even share your experience of going abroad and how is it like being for you and what you could share in the group. We would like to hear from you as well. So Maggie, while we're carrying on and people may be thinking about what they want to ask you is, Obviously, um, you have different ideas in the pipeline. And I've been looking forward to hear that you got your book ready on Amazon, ready to sell. <laughs> uh, I've been ready to hear your own business set up as a consultant, telling people how to travel and what to do. So um, what would your final word be to anybody in this room or any of the listeners who are thinking about traveling next year? What advice would you give them? Do it. Do it, travel it, plan it, and um, you know, put your put a little account aside where you put twenty American dollars or fifty, whatever your budget can handle. Think about what you're going to buy, and do you really need it, or do you want to put that in your travel fund? And make the plan. If you put it on your calendar and say yes, I'm going to go here, you're more likely to hit that experience. And your travel, as Helen mentioned, it could be for pleasure. It could be locally or it could be like Helen wants to do and you could do some good and you could volunteer for Habitat for Humanity or some other sort of organization that allows you to travel, but also allows you to give back to, you know, that community. Um, so think about maybe which way you want to travel. Do you want to help or you want to do it for pleasure and then start putting your plan in motion. Right. Okay. So also, there may be some questions people might have when they come up with, uh, they're thinking, you know what, I should have asked. Helen, Maggie, this. Do you have a contact details so that people can get in touch with you for any questions, or you have a website? Yes, um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Maggie O'Connor and certainly we can find me through you, Trevor. Um, and certainly, hopefully, I'm hoping, Trevor, that maybe we can post some other contact info in the podcast notes so people can reach out to me. 
Uh, absolutely. Oh, we just had somebody got a question in here. Let me have a look. Uh, what they were asking. Do I think it based on what you were saying, do they cover feeding and accommodation? That's a great question. And something that I found culturally different, Thomason, is that in the United States, we tend to allow or um, expect people to come up with their own accommodations, their own food and things like that. Where in some other cultures that I've been to, it's much different that when you go to work, it's just automatic that you're going to be fed lunch or dinner, or if you have to travel somewhere, you're, you, um, you know, they help with that. So that, that is a big difference. But my expectation when it comes to a volunteer experience, um, I would expect that they would give you accommodations and pay for your food and et cetera. Uh, being volunteer, it's going to mean that you're not going to pay for, you know, you're not going to be paid. Um, but to get there, your plane, your food, those things I would expect should be covered. Okay. So I think in at the end of it, where when we look at your going on the UFP Corporation, um, obviously, did they provide a lot of things up front for you or were there any expenses you have to contribute to? Great question. So the U.S. Peace Corps was founded about 60 years ago, and it's a government funded program. Um, so what is included in that program is, you know, you getting to the country, your accommodations, uh, a, a stipend. So a very small amount of money each month that covers your food clothing, those sorts of things. Um, but that account, that stipend will be very much about whatever the locals earn. So you're just given a small amount of money to survive essentially. Um, and then you are also given a little bit of money when you return and you're done to kind of get reacquainted. But it is very much a volunteer experience. So you do need to have things in place um, such as maybe if you have a mortgage and those sorts of bills, those need to be taken care of as that's not covered. Uh, well, Maggie, what can I say? This has been an absolute wonderful interview with you. And uh, I can feel I'm getting troubled already. I don't know what my wife would think of this, but if I see a plane tomorrow, I'm on that. <laughs> that's wonderful. I love it, Trevor. Tell, tell her that you're going to have some experiences together and you don't want to have regrets. Absolutely, absolutely. So Maggie Walker, I say it's been such an honor to have you on this show and I'm sure our listeners have had a wonderful experience in learning from you and please do get in touch with her if you have any questions with traveling. Guess what ladies and gentlemen, she's not stopped, she's not settled, she's moving on, she's going to do something great. You may be on the same plane with Maggie, you never know. So please do make your dream to come with reality, believe, step out in faith, Go for it. And that's exactly what Maggie's doing. So for the sake of our listening again, Maggie, could you give us your contact details just in case nobody uh, gets it the first time? Yep. So you can find me on LinkedIn under Maggie Okanobi. And you can also um, find me on my email, maggieokanobi at gmail.com. So thank you, Trevor. I'm really excited. I, I would love to hear about people's experiences, whether it's volunteer traveling or traveling for pleasure. Love to hear about it. Absolutely. Well, thank you to all of you who joined us, and it's been such a pleasure to have you all. I'm so glad that you're all on and contributed. And like I said, who knows, you could be on the next plane going to the destination of your dream. A dream is a dream, but no limitations. So go for it, ladies and gentlemen. For this moment in time, thank you so much for joining us. And we see you again. We have another guest. And it's going to us next week, Monday, 6th of December, which is my last podcast show to the year of 2022. So once again, 
please do get in touch and we'll see you again. So take care everyone and look after you.